We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Notre Dame fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We're going to make this real quick because we are going to go live here for the Rico Flores announcement where he is going to decide to play college football. And he is a wide receiver in the 2023 class. And from Folsom, California. This is a big deal. Uh, Rico is going to go live on Instagram. So when he starts talking, we will go right to him. So we won't have to deal with the... CBS Sports introductions and awkward interviews and all that. True. So we will go live as, re- as soon as Rico starts talking. This has been an interesting recruitment event. It's going to come down to Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Georgia are the three finalists. He visited all of those schools at one point in time. Notre Dame, I believe, was his most recent visit for the officials. Uh, we like where Notre Dame is going into this, obviously. But uh, you know, we're going to let him make the, the final decision. But this is... Uh, this is a an important this is an important decision for Notre Dame, right? Because they got a great start at receiver. The board's looking good, but at some point in time, they've got to start closing on these guys, right, Vince? And get start getting some of these guys in the class. And no doubt, you know, Rico Flores is a very important piece to that puzzle, right? And then because look, the reality is, Vince, they have kind of put all their eggs in sort of a basket of three guys at sure. receiver right now. Well, four guys, and they need to get three of them, so they got to go hit three out of four. Absolutely, and that's kind of where we are. So. Uh, once Rico makes his announcement, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what that means for Notre Dame and where they go from here, either positively or negatively. And we'll dive into, uh, just a lot of different aspects of this, of course, depending on which direction it's going to go. I think we all feel good about the direction it's going to go, sure. but wanna, <clears throat> sure. don't want to say too much until Rico gets a chance to, to, to announce and make his decision known. But, uh, this is one where Notre Dame has had to battle back Vince. They have, yes. they have never, it's kind of like that horse race where, you know, you kind of trail the whole time, and then you hope that you can kind of pull ahead on that last lap. Right, absolutely. So, and the, and yeah. the backstory is always the fun part right. for me. I love hearing about, you know, all the different steps that it took. And this one we had definitely had had its ebbs and flows to it. And, and I will I will be honest, you know, obviously, um, you know, everybody loves recruiting. My One of my assistant coaches uh, at Riley 
was is a huge Rico Flores fan. And he's the one that told me about Rico Flores first. He's mm-hmm. like, I really like this guy. You got to really look at him. And and uh, he's like, that. he's kind of my dark horse being the class and all this stuff. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll check him out. And uh, he's right. I mean, this this kid, I mean, look at his offer list. That pretty much tells you everything that you need to know about him as a receiver. Including the fact he has an offer from Yale, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, absolutely. think about this. This is the second four-star top 100-ish caliber player that Notre Dame has landed that has an Ivy League offer. And Micah Bell had an offer from Harvard, and Rico Flores has an offer from Yale. So if Notre Dame is able to get Rico, you know what I mean? Like that would be a second announcement is what I should say. Yeah. So uh, that's a big pickup for Notre Dame if they're able to get it done. And this, and like I said, we'll get into the backstory here a little bit. But, you know, it, the interesting thing too, Vince, is part of the reason Notre Dame had to come from behind on this one was because – they had never been able to get him on campus before is the official visit in June. And there was a lot of people that thought, you know, if, if they're, you know, that was going to be the key, right. Getting him on campus, because a lot of people that I knew thought that he was a good fit for Notre Dame in a lot of ways. Uh, and his mom was very intrigued by Notre Dame and here we go. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out Trade Coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey Trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And right now for Irish Breakdown listeners, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started when taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. 
for everything he has blessed me with in life. I'd like to thank my mother for being there everybody for hear? everything. She had me at a young age. She didn't have to stay. She could have dropped me off somewhere and never came back, but she didn't. She stuck by my side and was more than just my mother. She had to pick up for the father role also. Next, I'd like to thank Lim and Bree for being there for me and showing me different aspects of life. They allowed me to see that there's actually more to life. I couldn't thank Lim enough for helping me build my skills each and every week, ever since I was a pup in the second grade. I'd like to thank all of my past and present coaches, and also I'd like to thank the rest of my family and friends that stayed loyal to me throughout my life. Rest in peace to the ones that aren't here physically with us to celebrate this moment. I love y'all past death. Lastly, I just want to say to everyone that is going through a struggle, don't give up. Use, that, use your struggle as your motivation and trust that God has you. With all of that being said, happy birthday, Uncle Bash. I love and miss you. I know you will be excited to know that I'm spending my next three, four years at the University of Notre Dame. Thought he picked up an IV hat there for a second. <laughs> Those kind of look like it. <laughs> Uh, you're going to get a dominant receiver for sure in all aspects, route running, catching, and just dominating the field as a whole for sure. He's getting asked some questions so right It was now, a perfect fit for me, I'll say, for life after football and life on football. So I feel like it's not a four-year plan. It's a forever plan. Obviously, we can't hear the questions. We're going to hear his answers. Thank you. So there we go. So that is it, Vince. Yes. Notre Dame has picked up a commitment from Rico Flores, a four-star wide receiver. A little bit, little bit of a kind of a look at Rico. He is a consensus four-star recruit. He is ranked by three of the four services that currently have rankings out in the 200s, like kind of 214 to 260-something range. Uh, Rivals has him as the number 106 player in the country. I kind of have him in the middle of those two. You know, I don't have him as low as like 230, 250, 260. I don't have him quite as high as 106, but he's kind of right in that middle range. And sure. like I said, really good football player. The backstory, Vince, is interesting. So yes, please. for a long time, this was Ohio State's kid to lose, essentially. And Notre Dame was this, I mean, for months, it was basically just Notre Dame trying to hang around until they could get him on campus. The fear was for a while that he was going to commit before he made his June visit to Notre Dame because he was, he did, he not really wasn't, but he didn't come out and visit Notre Dame in the spring. He did go see Ohio State and Georgia in the spring. And so that was uh, an, an interesting kind of scenario. And it, it kind of showed you where Notre Dame was in his recruitment. He made spring visits and Notre Dame didn't get one. But they kept battling. And then the last open period when Notre Dame was able to get on the road, he was one of the first guys that Notre Dame went and saw. Chancey Stuckey went and saw him. Uh, Tommy Reese went and saw him. Uh, other coaches, other people went and saw him. Like this was one where Notre Dame clearly was was putting the the full court press on him and just trying to just trying to hang in the game. And then when he announced that he was going to decide in July, that was sort of like a okay, we weathered the first storm thing from the Notre Dame staff. And then they just kept battling and battling, battling with the hope that he Ohio State honestly the hope was that they would fill up. I mean that that's what they were hoping for. Right, exactly. And and then it, it fill up before he visited. Now what happened was is Ohio State had not filled up in June yet. 
And so what Notre Dame had done is they were able to get to the point where Rico was going to take his visits no matter what. And as Ohio State kind of started to fill up and they got they got obviously um, they got Carnell Tate. They ended up getting Brandon Ennis and getting Rodgers and filling up. But before that, Notre Dame was able to get him on campus. And what we had said, what Ryan and I had reported in the past on this Vince was that visit was a game changer for Notre Dame and Rico Flores. And as I said, that was the first time that I ever thought that Notre Dame might actually be able to get him no matter what happens with Ohio State. Because up until then, it was you're only going to get him if Ohio State cancels. Now, Georgia canceled his visit as well. He's supposed to visit Georgia. He went to Notre Dame the weekend of the 10th. Supposed to visit Georgia the next weekend and then Ohio State the final weekend. Georgia canceled, in my, in my opinion, and based on some things I've – some people I've talked to, Georgia's visit was more of a – we know we're not getting him, so let's save face a little bit. Let's act uh, like we bowed out because right. they're still – I mean, there's – Notre Dame's not trying to do yeah. that. They've done yeah. that in the oh, past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was more of a good strategic bow okay. out. Like Notre Dame would do it when they – you know, like it, it, a little bit differently. But this okay. was more of a saving face thing gotcha. where they could then go tell other recruits they were still in on, no, 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 we bowed out because you're our guy. You're right, right, right. Kind of right. thing, which is actually smart recruiting strategy. When you, if you know you're not getting a kid, so I actually, mine is more of a props to Georgia as opposed okay. to this is how you do it all the time and it's lame that the way that Notre Dame had done right. it in the past. So saying, it was yeah. actually smart. Um, am I because you, you know, you're not going to get them because Georgia's still reaching out to new recruits, new receiver recruits. So it's not like they're full. They got one receiver recruit in the class. I think they're going to get Tyler Williams. I, I think that's they lead for him, but they have a big need there because they lost a lot and not signed a ton of guys. So it was really, could you beat Ohio State? So his mom came with him on the visit, and his mom is super into the academic aspect of it, right? Like she is the one that's really into doing things right off the field and making sure that you're you're staying out of trouble and you're you're getting your work done and all those kind of things. And and so she's she was, I mean, she was sold. Notre Dame is kind of where she wanted him to be after that visit. Like what she she liked Notre Dame and what it stood for, but again, she hadn't been on campus yet. When she got a chance to meet Coach Freeman and meet Coach Stuckey and see the kind of people they were, she wanted him at Notre Dame. However, she also wasn't going to push him to Notre Dame, which was important. But his connecting with the other kids on campus, I, I believe C.J. Carr was on campus a weekend. He was there. Braylon James was on campus. There's pictures of Braylon and, and Rico and C.J. Carr in a picture together from that. You know, Braylon really ramped up his attempt to recruit Rico into the class. And so that was a big needle mover for Notre Dame. But so then at that point, to me, it was like it was neck and neck at that point in time between Ohio State and Notre Dame. Then Ohio State filled up. And it was like, okay, once that happened, it was a done deal. Yeah. And so once they got Noah Rogers, it was over. And so he ended up not making his visit to Ohio State that following weekend. And this is kind of we had expected this at that time that this was going to be the case. So that's a little bit of the backstory about how Notre Dame got Rico Flores. But the reality is, is uh, at this point in time, I don't care how they got him. Right. They just needed to get him. Exactly. Right. I mean, this is a yeah. good football player. And, uh, you know, he, he adds value, continued value to the class. And when you look at that, Notre Dame had the number one ranked class. So ESPN actually updated their rankings yesterday. And Notre Dame was still number one. And then uh, – Two four sevens, obviously, as Notre Dame got Charles Jagasaw, even with Ohio State getting a couple kids. Once Notre Dame got Jagasaw, Micah Bell, they moved ahead of Ohio State on the two four seven rankings before Rico committed. They were still number two in rivals. This jumps them ahead of Ohio State and rivals. So Notre Dame is back to having the consensus. Well, I don't know what on three does. Their rankings are so weird, but uh, at least as far as the ones that make sense, <laughs> uh, I should say. 
they, uh, they, their Notre Dame is back to actually they're back to number one on on uh, on on three as well on the on three consensus rate. Have they updated with Flores as a? They just up, yeah, because I checked this morning and Notre Dame was still number two behind Ohio State. So they just updated. They now have eighteen commits in the class. Uh, They're number two on on threes overall their own ranking but they're number two number one on the consensus ranking so i believe i don't know i honestly don't know how they calculate their score it's the weirdest thing ever but eh, it is what it is so this is a big one for Notre Dame vince obviously being able to get rico flores into the class and getting him in obviously they, they you know vaults them to number one across the board but at the same time how does this recruitment and this commitment affect the class as a whole because this is Notre yeah. Dame second wide receiver commit right there's obviously guys still on the board but what does this do for you know the wide receiving core and then the class as a whole it gets them halfway there essentially right you know that's the key is Notre Dame needs four that's that's their their need they would get to five with the right kid but I don't see that happening right now I think they could maybe you know try to flip some guys during the season but right now there's essentially three guys on the board Micah Tease commits tomorrow, as we've said before. That's that's as of right now, that's not going to end in Notre Dame's favor. And then there's Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse, which we'll get to. But th- th- this to me checks as several boxes for for Notre Dame and Vince. And obviously, why are we here where Notre Dame needs four receivers? Well, there's no yeah. receivers left on the roster from the 19 or 20 classes. The only guys left on the roster from those classes play DB now. Right, Cam Hart and Xavier Watts, yeah, yeah and corner, <laughs> right, and so no receiver. Yeah, Groot. I, I, yeah, yeah, played played receiver as a, a a freshman at Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. So you have Cam Hart, Xavier Watts, nineteen and twenty. Kendall Edward Rahman transferred. Uh, Jordan Johnson transferred. Jay Brunel transferred. You have the strong twenty twenty one class, which includes uh, which is uh, Deion Colsey, Lorenzo Styles, Jaden Thomas. And then, of course, last year's class, you had a, a stud in Tobias Merriweather, but then you lost Maureen Walker and C.J. Williams really heading into signing day. So you only signed one in a year where you needed three. So after this 2022 football season, Vince, Notre Dame is only going to return four scholarship wide receivers. So if you think the depth chart now is a problem, wait till <laughs> next year. Now, the talent will be really good, but it's going to be young. So they came into this class really with two, three big needs at receiver. Number one was just pure numbers, right? Yeah, like they absolutely. need four. Absolutely. Uh, if you can get to eight scholarship players next year, that gives you one more than you have this year. When I mean scholarship, I'm talking about guys that were recruited to scholarship players. So like not like and this is no disrespect to Matt Salerno, and it, it won't be any disrespect well, to Connor Radigan if he it, – it's just a different type player. of thing, right? right? Good football players, a different type of deal. So they would have one more, but, of course, they'll be young. So it gives you that. And then number two is, okay, it's nice to have numbers, but do you have guys that can play? So the other part of this whole conversation was on top of just the numbers, the minimum four, you also needed to make sure you were getting players with high, either high floors and or high ceilings. Rico tying into the third piece, the reason the high you need at least one or two guys that have five floors, Vince, because high floor guy equals what? You can play early. You yep. have a higher floor, which means you're a little bit more polished or you're maybe a little bigger you have things that are going to kind of help you make a transition. We don't know how good you're going to be when it's all said and done, but we know you can at least be this, right? And to me, Rico was one of those guys. And and, and we'll kind of, you know, as, as we did a film breakdown the other day, so we're not going to do another full film breakdown, Vince, but what we are going to do is as we're kind of talking about the class impact and his fit, we'll just have his film going. So people that didn't see the film breakdown the other day will have a chance to see why 
what we're talking about. And we can kind of point out some of those things as, as we're watching. But the thing about Rico that stands out, Vince, and, and I'd be curious to kind of see your thoughts because you weren't with us on the film breakdown the other day. Sure. The reason that this pickup is important, even though he doesn't have the ceiling of the other players, is Rico might have as high of a floor of any player in this class not named Jaden Greathouse on the board for not in this entire time. You know, I'd say Rico, Cardinal Tate, and, and Jaden Greathouse are the three kids that had the highest floors of all the receivers on the board for Notre Dame because he's about as polished of a route runner mm-hmm. as you're going to see as a junior in high school. Yes, I agree. And I, I was going to – the what I had – because I, I took notes on him today specifically because I had watched this film before, but it was more like, you know, hey, what is this guy about, that kind of a thing. So I actually took some notes today, and one of the things that stood out to me is the top of his routes – are much more crisp than your average, you know, junior wide receiver. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He does a really good job of stemming and of, you know, breaking down and all of those things at the top of his route. That jumped off the film to me, right? I, I think he's a really good route runner. Rarely are guys pressing him because he's fast, right? So they're going to be off of him. So his moves to get around, they're like, they're speed moves, right? They're, they're, they're not get off the line moves, their speed moves. And I think he does a really good job with that. And so an area where he can work on is when he actually gets pressed because he's going to be working against faster corners in college, mm-hmm. duh, obviously. So he's going to have to work on that. But his speed moves in route are yeah. actually really, really good. Uh, and he's able to get past DBs very consistently right. with his moves. It's very, very impressive. Right. Another thing I love about him is he is a willing blocker. Yes. And you will hear me say that a lot about the two committed guys at Notre Dame and the guys that are still on the board for Notre Dame. That is consistent. They are willing to block. And you talk about like that work at the line, Vince. This play right here is an example of of why I like this kid as a player. Let's go back to this little slant route. He understands. I mean, he's going to have to improve for a college, but he understands like that outside stem right there that's an advanced move right there, right? Like the guy's playing outside leverage. So what that means is if he just releases upfield and inside, that guy is going to squeeze because he's a cover two corner. That guy is going to squeeze hard on him until he has a flat threat. And then he's going to break off in the flats. Well, there was no flat threat coming, which means he just would have been all over Rico. When a corner is playing you in a certain direction, essentially he's trying to take one part away. And on this particular play, this corner is playing outside leverage, which means he's protecting outside. Right. He doesn't because want to look at right. Look at where the safety is. He knows I have no help outside. I right. am the outside vertical defender in this particular instance initially, right? Because the safety is going to have a lot more ground to cover. So you want to try to protect as much as you can. And so you want to try to get this guy to slip inside. Well, slant routes and quick end cuts like that are super easy to defend if a guy's playing outside and we just release inside. So what he does is he threatens the part that this kid is protecting. Rico threatens it. Yes. And so what that does is that creates, it allows him to widen that guy, stretch that guy out, get separation, but then it also creates separation between Rico and the inside slot defender or slot receiver. And so that's just such a really nuanced play. And it, it doesn't, it may not look sexy and flashy, but that's just an example of a kid that really knows how to play the game yeah. of football. And you need that to play as a freshman, unless you are just a freak physically. And so Rico's right. not a freak physically. He's got, I mean, he's got good size. He's 6'1", 190. He's a, he, the thing I wrote in my evaluation is there's nothing elite about him athletically. You know, he's not an elite athlete. He's not an elite, um, you know, he's, he's not an elite uh, speed guy. You know, he, he's not an elite jumper. He, I mean, he's got, he's just good, solid player all around athletically. 
So if you're not huge and you're not like an elite athlete, then you better be really advanced in regards to how to play the game. And that's what I love about Rico is this kid can come in and help you right away because he's willing to play. And what's the one thing, Vince, that could keep a young, polished kid as a route runner and pass catcher from playing as a freshman? Blocking. Yes. And that's where what you talked about comes into play. Yes, he is. He's a willing blocker and he has a whole... If I remember right, he's got a whole line of blocking plays that he has mm-hmm. after his receiving plays. He, he kind of broke it up like, mm-hmm. okay, here's all my catches, here's all my uh, here's all my blocks, and it, he's a willing blocker, man. I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, and it's it's fun to watch. And I think one of the great things about him that I really like is I think he's the most versatile of the wide receiver group that they're recruiting. And when what I mean by that is, I think he he could play outside, mm-hmm. right? He he could play the outside field position and be successful. He could play in the slot and be successful. I think you could move him around a, a lot uh, depending yeah. on what your needs are. And when we're talking about a wide receiver room that doesn't have a ton of depth, right? They're still working on getting that depth back. And when he's a freshman, they're still going to be working on getting that depth back, right? right? So the more versatile you can be, the better off you're going to be from a depth standpoint. And I think right. he, he strikes me as somebody who could cross train at both of those positions. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, really all three. I mean, depending on how Notre Dame uses their boundary, I, I think right. he could even play into the boundary, right. to be honest with you, because he is a kid that – because of that route running ability. And he is – like you said, Vince, he's a strong kid. Yes. Like for a junior, he's a strong kid. He'll compete. Uh, his strength – you see it as a blocker. You see it when he's playing defense. I love the fact that he plays defense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just because it shows me a, a toughness. It shows me that he has had to defend route re- receivers, which tells me, you know, he uh, – he has to, yeah, he has to think about the game from yeah. the opposite po- 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 point of view, which I always like. I'm always a big fan of that. So there's just a lot of positives to this to this recruitment, Vince, and, and the fit. And so as we kind of transition from the class impact into his Notre Dame fit, as you as you talked about, I think that's another piece to this as well, because when in these two things tie together, the impact and the fit, in that you're not landing just a kid that can help you at X a kid that can help you at Z or a kid that can help you at W the more kids that you land, here's a clip of him playing defense. The more kids that you can land that can play a lot of different places, especially the high ceiling guy or high floor guys, the better it is because let's say you're good at X and let's say, cause I think X is the ideal position for Rico. Like if I was planning an offense and I was going to build it around Rico, he's an X for me. You know, he's a good route runner. He can block. There's a lot of things he brings to the table. But let's say I'm I'm set at X. I got Tobias Merriweather. You know, I got Braylon James. Let's say I'm going to play those guys at X. Or, you know, if they're able to get a couple other guys. Or let's say, hey, I really want to play Lorenzo Styles at X. And you just feel really comfortable with your with your X thing. That's okay. He can help me other places too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important part to getting a kid like Rico Flores is because that versatility is so important. But he doesn't have the ceiling of a Braylon James. But the fact is, is that he can come in and you know who he is going to be the day he steps foot on campus. Absolutely. That is an important piece. Somebody asked how tall he was. He's listed between 6'1 and 6'2. He looks a lot closer to 6'1, 6'1 to me. Uh, I don't see him as the 6'2, and, and, but he's a good football player. You know, he plays quality competition, not all the time, but he definitely – they played De La Salle twice last year. He had over eight catches for over 100. I think it was like 100. I'm trying to just remember this off the top of my head. I'm looking up as I'm saying this, but I think he had like 113 yards. Uh, receiving and on eight catches against De La Salle, which is a national powerhouse, home of Cooper Flanagan, who's a Notre Dame commit. These are the blocking, uh, right. by the way, the blocking clips. It was 817 yards, excuse me. I was incorrect on that. 
So uh, that's again, Vince. That's kind of what I like. And then you know, as a June, this as a sophomore, he had a really interesting sophomore season too, Vince, because because the fact that they canceled the season, uh, the fall season, he didn't get a chance to play till the spring. So he only played six games as a right. sophomore, but he caught thirty-one passes for six hundred and six yards and 10, 10 touchdowns as a sophomore, which doesn't look like great numbers until you realize he only played six games. And so, you know, he, he, uh, he's a, a, a really experienced kid, a really talented kid. And this is a, this is a very important pickup for Notre Dame. And, yes. you know, it, when you look to rebuilding your depth chart and, and you compare them to, you know, the current roster, you know, the current class, him and Braylon James are completely different players. Yes. It, you know, their, their strengths are different. Their body types are different. Their floors are different. Their ceilings are different. And you know, Vince, what have I always said? I don't want a bunch of cookie cutters. I don't Absolutely. want a bunch of the same guy. Give me different skill sets. Give me different strengths, different we- you know weaknesses, areas where you know you can kind of balance off each and they other. They can complement each other. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's what I love about this group. And that's what I think that that with these two now, with Rico and and Braylon James, that's what you're getting. You're getting a really nice, yeah, one-two punch to start this thing off. But you know, as, as we'll get into later, you, you can't. You're not close to being done yet. Well, and that, close to being done yet. I think that's one of the, you know, you and I both coach wide receivers. I think that's one of the the most fun parts of being a wide receiver coach mm-hmm. is you can have such different skill sets and still right. be super effective at wide receiver. Right. You know what I mean? And and you can have different guys helping you in different ways and all these different things, and you get to coach all of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, I love that about being a wide receiver coach. You can get a big, strong-bodied kid to do one thing, and you get a little scat-back kind of kid right. doing another thing, and they're, they're just as effective as the other guy, just in a different way. And I right. that's, that's my favorite part about wide receiver coaching, and that is what they're building. Right now, okay. they're they're having options at their in their wide receiver room, and I think that is super important, especially when they're trying to re- basically rebuild the depth. So, what you have to understand too about this recruitment events was early on, I wasn't sure how Notre Dame felt about Rico Flores, to be honest with you, because I couldn't really get anybody to kind of talk a lot about him. And then when I finally started to talk about him, like you know, you you say like there might be some other players on the board that are more talented, and that they felt that, but. The reason he became such an important recruit, even when there was a lot of other players on the board still. So this wasn't like they turned to Rico because they had so many misses. That's not the case. They turned to Rico because I really felt the staff, the more they learned about him, they realized how he brought so many of those things to the table that we're talking about. It's the polish, the versatility that he's a much different player than Ronan Hannafin. He's a different player than Jaden Greathouse. He's a different player than Micah Tease. He's a different player than Tyler Williams. He's a different player than Cardinal Tate. He's a different player than Braylon James. I'm just kind of going through all the different guys that have been on the board. Rodney Gallagher. You know, it, it, he's a much different player than them, and I think that's what they started to like is this kid This kid brings a unique skill set. He's He is, you know, we were talking about this the other day. He, he projects as a really good, at the very least, a really good possession receiver at the next level. Sure. And that's kind of why, like, if if the offense still looks like what it is going to look like under Tommy Reese, meaning if Tommy Reese is here for a while or they continue that offense, there's a lot of value in a slot receiver that just knows how to get open. And that's what I like about this kid too, Vince. He's got a very high football IQ. He knows how to get open. And I think that's a that's an important piece of the sad too. And look, and I'll be honest, I, I did I, I liked him. I've always liked him, but I didn't love him at first. Mm-hmm. He was a kid that had to grow on me a little bit because he okay. doesn't have a lot of those flashy tools. He doesn't have great sure. size. <clears throat> He's not a burner. He's not like an electric make you miss kind of guy. 
He's not those things. But the more you watch him, like, man, this kid just knows how to play. And as you watch the NFL, those guys are the ones that are more so dominating the modern NFL than sure. necessarily the guys who are the physical freaks. Now you're seeing yeah. some young players like Justin Jefferson and guys, Chase Claypool, or, you know, Jamar Chase, who are physical freaks. Those are guys that are starting to take over. But for a few years, I mean, it's the Devontae Adams types. It's the Cooper Cup types who right. you know, are good athletes, but not elite athletes. But they just know how to play they're, the game. They're technicians, though. Level. And right. they, they understand the game and they understand how to get open. Right. They're not necessarily going to run away from you, although right. Rico isn't slow. okay. Right. But they understand how to get open. There are a couple of clips in there also, if people want to go back and watch, where he's clearly not the first read. But he's able to find space, either whether it's the zone or whether it's just him getting away from the man-to-man that is on him. Mm -hmm. He finds a way to get open, and he helps his quarterback. He breaks off his route, and he finds a way to get open. Not everybody's good at that. Not everybody's good at, okay, well, I just ran the route I was supposed to run. Now I don't know what to do. Like There's a ton of guys out there like that. He shows the knowledge of the game at a very early age, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and that's really, really important because you can build off of that. So Ed has a comment. He says, I'll take a football player of an athlete any day of the week. And I think that's the challenge when it comes to putting together a recruiting class. Sure. Because you can't just have a bunch of guys that know how to play. Right. Because then you're going to be really good, except when you play the teams that have really good athletes right. that also know how to play. Right. And and you can't just have a, a, a team filled with a bunch of athletes that don't know how to play. And that's kind of what we're getting back to earlier because I love Ed's comment about, you know, the, the premise of what he's saying, like, give me a football player over an athlete any day of the week. You know, Rico's no slouch as an athlete. Like you said, Vince, he's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. He's just not a great athlete. But there's value in a guy like that. So, you know, he kind of, to me, he he reminds me a lot of, of what C.J. Williams brought to the table last year in right. the Notre Dame class. and. C.J. Williams is another guy that grew on me a little bit, and I eventually came to really like a lot. I think C.J. has a little bit more room for for uh, maybe another speed bump when he gets to college, but very similar game, just knows how to get open, not a burner, not an elite athlete, just knows how to play football, knows how to get open. Well, Rico's been even far more productive in high school than C.J. was because he's had to beat the guy at Folsom, you know, and I think that's a big part of, of, of what sure. they do. So, uh, I, and it, I like the fact that they have – they have to, um, you know, they, they got the situation where they, they're looking to build that. That's a key for me. Sure. They're they're looking to build a, a receiving core that has some balance to it. And, and no, it doesn't necessarily have the slotty, twitchy Rodney Gallagher type on the board right now, other than Micah Tease, who we don't see him pick another name. Mm. But there, at least there's some diver- diversity to where you can get certain things out of it outside of that. And so, right, right. you know, people ask for comp, you know, Bobby S just said, is TJ Jones a good comp? I think TJ was maybe a little bit more elusive. I think Rico's bigger and a little bit more, I'd say Rico might even have a touch more long speed. I feel like I have a good coming out of, high out of my mouth. I feel like he's a little bit yeah. faster from a to B definitely uh, bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Thicker. True. Yeah. yeah. But, but where I like Bobby's comparison, Vince is, is the way that TJ was used at Notre Dame could be very similar to how Rico could be used in Notre Dame. Sure. Uh, I've compared him to how Will Fuller was in high school. You know, Will wasn't the burner. He just had really good sure. body control and different things like that. But the point is, he is he is a bit of a volume guy. You know, he's not necessarily going to have three catches for 120 yards like Braylon James might, right? He's going to have 120 yards on nine catches, 10 catches. So he fits into that 
somebody mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, the Michael Thomas, you know, that kind of role more so than uh, a Braylon James who, you know, may get his on a lot fewer catches, you know, and, and that's okay. And, right. but again, that goes to what we like about the, the unique aspect of what they're trying to build. Now it's about finishing it off. And that's kind of what we're going to transfer to next Vince is the, you know, sort of that what's next aspect right. of this recruitment. Well, and this is this is the big one because it's somebody else in the chat said it, and I think you mentioned it. The the goal is four here, and they just got their second. So that means they're halfway there. They got two more to go, and we need to figure out, okay, who are those two going to be? Where do they stand with those two? What do things look like moving forward with those two open slots? So essentially, the way it's been for a few weeks now is, well, yeah, because I'm thinking of the time frame of when they canceled Christian Hamilton's visit. So they knew Rico was probably going to come during the weekend that he visited, if we're just being honest. Now, they felt good. He had talked about, I think this is the move. I think this is where I want to be. This sure. is why we're telling you we thought that was the weekend they moved the table. However, he was still planning on taking his visits. Right. And that's why we said at the time, like, okay, I feel really good about when their name is done, but can I feel good about it after he gets back at, in Columbus? You know, right. that was the danger. Once once Ohio State kind of canceled their visit, then it was a done deal. Even though I felt Notre Dame had put themselves in a – like, going – if he would have visited Ohio State, going into that weekend, Notre Dame had emerged as his leader. There's no doubt. He was not a silent commit to the standpoint of we did a dancing thing for him. This is not one of those kids that had a, we did the <laughs> dancing thing for on the message board because because of what I just said. Right. Even though he told Notre Dame he wanted to come and was going to come, but he still wanted to take his visits, my concern was I don't know if they can survive that visit to Columbus. Now, they, they put themselves in the best chance, but we've seen this a million times, Vince where that happens pro for Notre Dame and against where a kid had sure. kind of faded away from their name, but then he gets back on campus. Like, yep. I now remember why this is the move. And so to me, that, that was a big thing for them. I was nervous about their ability to hold on to that lead. If he went to Ohio state. All right. So once that can't, so the point is they, they felt good about where they were there. And that's partly why they, they canceled the visit for Christian Hamilton because four was the number. And there's two other, there's three other kids on the board that they liked more than Christian Hamilton. And essentially it was, we need to get two of them. Well, Micah T's Notre Dame had been, had been kind of, you know, a surging with, but he is going to go somewhere else now, we believe. And I believe he's going to commit to that. I think tomorrow, today or tomorrow. That was tomorrow, but either way. Yeah. Uh, it, it won't be Notre Dame. That's what I do know. And so it's down to really two at this point in time. Now there's some other guys they're still recruiting and still talking to and, you know, but they're guys that are trending other places and all that, but really it comes down to the two guys they really want are Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse. Right. Those are the two they want. That, if you talk about sort of like where Notre Dame wants to finish this thing and where they hope they can get in their sort of their ideal class right now, based on how things are going is it's those two. Now all the visits are over. Right. Jaden Greathouse has talked about being a, a fall decision. Ryan and I have kind of been back and forth on this. Ryan thinks that he's he might take it into the fall. Uh, I'm I think I'm slowly kind of wearing him down a little bit on the thought, <laughs> the, thought, thought the, the thought that I think I think there's a chance that he could s decide sooner. We'll we'll see how that plays out. Ronan Hannafin is just kind of a I mean I I feel good about where Notre Dame is. I think Clemson Alabama have made this tougher than maybe Notre Dame thought it was going to be for a while. I like where they are there. They just got to close because. The interesting thing is when you look at those two, 
they're very similar to what the current group is, right? Like Braylon James is the is the freaky athletic high upside guy. And then Rico Flores is the guy with all the production. Like Braylon James last two years are similar in numbers to what Rico did as a junior, just production-wise. And because he doesn't play in a, an offense that throws the ball a lot and all that other kind of stuff. But then Rico is the polished, high-production kind of guy, right? Sure. That plays against mm-hmm. great competition. And then you've got Ronan and Jaden Greathouse, and they're kind of the same thing, but in a different package. Ronan's the super athletic, like high ceiling. He's raw to me. Very raw. Yeah. But incredibly athletic. Yes, absolutely. Very talented, uh, but is going to need some time. Whereas Jaden Greathouse is the super polished, high floor, you know, big guy, strong hands, you know. So it's, it's really interesting. So you'd have, if they're able to get them, and again, that's what they want. You have two guys that are really high floor could maybe help out as a freshman just based off their skill, right? Their 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 receiver skill. There's athletic skill and receiver skill. Right now, those two guys uh, are you know we talk about Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores. Those are the high floor guys. So if Notre Dame right. can close on Jaden Greathouse, and, and right now we like where Notre Dame stands, if they can close on him, you'd have at least two guys that to me could help you as a freshman based on their polish, which is important. And when you look at Jaden as well, he plays against great competition and has often been at his best in those big games. And so to me, when you look at that kind of that combination, it's about then with Ronan, it's, it's, it's he, him, Ronan and, and Braylon could maybe play as freshmen just because they're so athletic. Sure. You could find, you could find a package right? or like a, you right. know, take advantage right. of their athleticism, that kind of a thing, because Ronan is one of the best athletes that it would be in this class if he commits. Right. I mean, he is, right. he looks good defensively. He looks good offensively. He's not a technician at this point, but he can yeah. fly around the field. And, and Ronan's recruitment has been interesting too, Vince, because early on the staff was kind of, it was like Marcus Freeman and the defensive staff and we're, we're kind of the main recruiters for him. Sure. And then they decided that they liked him more on offense because he liked offense more and just where the room was trending. So it, it was interesting because instead of Chancey Stuckey taking over his recruitment, Tommy Reese took over that recruitment, which tells you a lot about where noted how Notre sure. views Ronan Hannafin. Uh, when when the when the offensive coordinator steps in and says, "I got this one," <laughs> it it tells you a lot, right? And and so he's a very important piece of this puzzle. Because, again, it's nice to have high floor guys, Vince, but you have to bring in at least a couple guys also that have the high ceilings. And that would be Hannafin. And Braylon James. And Braylon James. I agree. That that describes them perfectly. I agree with you. Because if they can – if they can harness the talent that is inside of those two guys mm-hmm. and and get them pointed in the right direction, and I'm not saying that like these are bums on the street and they got to turn them into something great. That right, uh, they're they're just they're clay that needs to be molded. That's all. Mm-hmm. They they have amazing athletic ability, and they just need to be molded into to quality wide receivers. And I'm pretty right. sure they got a good coach to be doing that. That's how I feel. So right, that that was the thing that jumped off the film for me when I was watching Hannafin. It's just. He is an athlete. He could put you could put him at linebacker. You could put him at safety. You could put him at wide right. receiver. You probably put him at running back, and he would do whatever you needed him to do for his team. You know what I mean? Right. And and it would be great. Let me ask you something. As I'm watching his film, it looks like sometimes they're playing in like a park. 
Like there's no stands. You're talking about the. Uh, you see that a lot on the East Coast. There's actually okay. stands on the other side. Okay. A lot of those East Coast, because I, I dealt mm. with this. Even some of the D3 schools, you'll really? see that. Like we'll watch film of like, uh, even when I was at Duquesne, some of the one double A teams we would play. No kidding. It's very weird. They'd have like a nice big stands on the on the one side. Oh, okay. When I was in Muhlenberg, it was that way. Okay. So when I was in Muhlenberg, like we had stands really on one side. They would bring out like fake stands, like you know, like temporary stands <laughs> yeah, to put on the other side for like the parents of the other team. But it was just like all the stands were on one side. We had a, like nice size stands, but it was all on one side. Really? I don't know why that is, but that's you'll see that a lot on the. That's East crazy. Coast. It was like, oh, they're playing in like uh, somebody's yeah. backyard. That's what, right. I, what it Sometimes like. I don't know if there's like woods on the other side that right. they can't tear down, or I don't know. Yeah, okay. There's houses on the other side to where they had to build it. It was so interesting. The stands are all on one side. Yeah, it's it's a little strange. But yeah, the thing about this too, Vince, is you kind of look at it, the reason that that they like Jaden and Ronan is the final two is. If I'm looking at the – let's just say hypothetically that they were able to get Ronan and Jaden. This sure. is for just the sake of argument, okay? Yep. You, you know, to me, if I'm thinking about how I can get a starting lineup, there's so many different options. So, like, the first option is like, okay, what – just off the top of my head, how would I start these guys out? I'd have Braylon at ends. Everybody reaches their potential, right? I'd have Braylon at X. I'd have Rico in the slot and have Ronan Hannafin in it at W. No, I'm like, okay, but wait a minute. And then the reason I have Jaden is because I think Jaden can play everywhere. Right. And so Jaden may play as much as everybody else, but he's going to do it as rotating in at other spots. Right. Or you could say, okay, I'm going to go Braylon at W, Jalen at Z, and Ronan at X with Rico playing everywhere. Oh, hold on a second. Let's go Ronan at X, Braylon at Z. You know what I mean? I see what you're doing here. I see where you're going. That's the thing I like about it is because none of these kids can play one or one position guys. Right. And, and honestly, with the exception of Braylon James, I think the other three can all play slot. Braylon could do it. I just don't want him to do it. I want right. him outside where he's going to get more one-on-ones where he can use his explosiveness to go make plays. But I I think all three of them could play inside as well. Sure. And I think it's important to have that. You need guys who can play multiple positions if you're going to really do it. And it's even more important, Vince, when you're stepping into a depth chart that is thin. Because it's like if if exactly. Braylon's the most ready to play, but he can only play W, he can only help. What if you don't have a need a W? Right. Or if if Jaden can only play in the slot, but what if you don't have a need in the slot? And and on and on and on. So yep. I think that's such an important piece of this whole thing uh, yep. when when you talk about building this out. And we we have a lot of super chats, but I just wanted to bring up a couple that were just huge. Really appreciate you, Jay Clamp and Investments, very much, man. Um, really appreciate that big time. And then Montana Irish. Uh, thank you also as well a bunch and they both uh, i think jay clampett made a comment about uh you know stashing the the old uh basement with some mountain dews and montana irish thanking us for just the, the coverage that we're doing so there's the reason i got a green yeah. wall all right yeah i'm i'm bought into the mountain yeah. view <laughs> yeah that's why sure it's <laughs> nothing to do with your wife won't let you paint it no nope, i'm nothing. sure uh, but we appreciate you both very very much uh joe papiti uh, as well thank you for your super chat really really appreciate that we have some other super chats too, Vince, but they're questions, so we will get okay. to those questions at the end. We just wanted to kind of to to uh, sort of tie a you know put a bow on all this this stuff right now sure. first. And so uh, Rico Flores commits to Notre Dame. He is commitment number eighteen. Notre Dame now has the number one ranked recruiting class by uh, rivals. They have the number one ranked recruiting class on two four seven, also on the two four seven Sports Composite. They have the number one class on ESPN. The only one that does not have them number one is on three, and mm-hmm. their very weird way of doing it. 
I still don't understand how they do their rankings, to be completely honest with you. But uh, <laughs> Notre Dame is doing very well. Yes. And, and we're hoping that, that they'll add to that even more tomorrow at 4 p.m. on July 4th. Christian Gray, mm-hmm. the cornerback out of St. Louis, will announce his decision between Notre Dame, LSU, and Ohio State. And that's something that I've really enjoyed with this recruiting class, Vince. With the vast majority of these kids, it's, it's sort of like a um, they're not beating the schools they used to beat. For kids, it's more like they're beating Michigan, they're beating Ohio State, they're beating LSU, they're beating USC, they're beating, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. Clemson. Right. Uh, And that's important. Again, it's important to a degree in that, as I've said before, people say, like, is Rico Flores a gap closer? Yeah, he's a gap closer from the standpoint of he makes you better. Yes. He raises your room. Mm -hmm. Is he a gap closer in that his talent by himself is such this great? No. But the reason that I think Ohio State liked him so much is because they love those polished kids and know how to play. Right. And Notre Dame needs more guys like that. Yeah. They, you know, because when we talk about like Deion Colsey and his immense potential, but it's like, but does he, he's got to learn this. He's got to do that. He's got to learn this. Chase Claypool was that way. Miles Boykin was that way. It's good to have guys like Rico Flores that can come in and say, man, I don't have to worry about teaching this kid how to get into a stance. This kid knows how to stem. He knows how to manipulate yep. leverage. He knows how to manipulate top ends. He understands leveling things off. He knows when to climb on a drag. He like those are things this kid already has an understanding of what to do. And he's and like that's before 16, he gets to a senior high. Yeah. Seventeen, you know what and I mean? Yeah, exactly, Vince. Yeah. Before he even gets to a senior right. high school, right? Uh, so now it's about okay, Matt Bayless, go work your magic on right. this kid, right? Then it's about okay, but there now are some things that we can teach him. So when Rico gets in. You're a lot of your, I mean, there's going to be some technical things you want to work on, but a lot of it's going to be, okay, here's the playbook. Go right. learn it. Yes. Where with some other kids, it's like, okay, here's how you line up. Here's the proper you know stance. Put this much weight on your front foot. You know, here's what STEM means. Here's what you do when a guy's playing inside. Here's what you do when you're playing outside. Here's how you do this you know, top end. Here's how you use your hands. Right. All that kind of stuff that Rico already has a good, yes. And that's one, one thing. Yes. That's one of the things I loved about Tobias Merriweather. Right. It's one of the things I love about Jane Greathouse. And then as Ronan Hannafin and Braylon James with their incredibly high athletic talent, once they then learn, but that's the other thing. Once they learn it, they could be really good. Right. When you bring in four guys that you got to teach them all basically kind of from scratch how to play, that can be challenging. Sure. The nice thing, if they can, if they can get this group of four, because Jaden and Rico are so advanced. You can then spend even more of your time on on Ronan and Braylon. Sure. And that's important, you know, because now my my GA or my other people can kind of help those kids with the right. men, the <clears throat> mental the playbook part. The veterans can help them. So, like when a kid knows how to play, Lorenzo Styles is going to be able to do a lot more mentoring yeah. with Rico than he is Ronan or Braylon. Because Lorenzo shouldn't be the one teaching you how to play the game. He's going to teach you to play. He's going to help you with the playbook. He's going to help you with the mental part. That's where a player should be helping a teammate, not here's how to get in your stance, here's how to stem. That's the coach's job. So veterans can help with that, Vince, while Chancey really hammers on, let's get this technique. The fundamentals and the, you know, this, that. Yeah, absolutely. So it just adds to, it adds to that. Somebody asked, um, you know, somebody asked about when is Great House's commitment date. He does not have one established. Right. So he, he has not set a commitment date. Right now he's making a decision on whether he's going to commit in the fall or commit this summer. So that's where we're at, Vince. So, again, yep. potential for a great receiver class. They're yeah. now halfway there yep. with Rico Flores joining Braylon James. Braylon was a great foundation to start. I, I also uh, I think this kind of speaks to Vince. 
Braylon James is a kid that had above a four, actually above a 5.0. I guess his school district was like one of those 5.0 districts, oh, okay. and he was above a 5.0. Uh, great student. You look at Rico, who's a kid from Northern California. He has an offer from Yale. Two four-star kids. One's a top 100 guy in Braylon. One's a borderline top 100 guy. Both great students. And it just continues to blow away that narrative that there aren't a lot of really talented kids that care about education, care about academics, care about all those kind of things. Yeah. The difference now is Notre Dame has a football product that it can also sell. Yep. And it has a coaching staff willing to sell it. That's so great. this was a big one. And you have to love the patience, Vince. You have to love the patience and that this staff showed. Because in the past, they would have bailed on the Rico Flores commit or, you know, uh, recruitment. They would have bailed on it because – Everybody was saying, hey, he's going to Ohio State. He's going to Ohio State. They would have bailed on that. And then when it became clear that maybe he wasn't going to go to Ohio State, they would have been too far back because they would have right. stopped. That That's what would have happened. And in the same situation, let's call it four years ago, right? I'm telling you, this kid's not in the class. It's not mm-hmm. because they would have bailed on it. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Especially once they realized it was Ohio State and Georgia. And right. Teams oh, like that. oh. Yeah, so really nice pickup, Vince, and uh, yes. that kind of puts a bow on the Rico Flores aspect of it. Before we, don't don't leave yet because we are going to answer some questions, and we will open this up for questions for people that want to ask about Rico, ask about recruiting, and, and those stuff. We're going to stick to questions about recruiting and Rico in this. I don't want to get into uh, conversations about the conferences and all that. If you if you want to know our opinion on that, we did like a two two and a half hour long show where we talked a lot about that yesterday. And Sean and I think Sean, were you on with uh, you weren't on with uh, Vince? You weren't on with Sean when when he had that conference realignment show the mm-hmm. other night, right? I think no. he was with somebody else on that particular day. So I- anyway, that's we'll we'll stick to some recruiting stuff, but um, this is a big commitment for Notre Dame. Huge, Vince. Yeah. This is certainly a good, a really, really, really strong one. But they got two more to go, right? They got to close Absolutely. on Ronan. They got to close on Jane Gray. If they stop here, that's a failure. Like you, you have failed in my. You know, if you yeah. stop here, they need four and. They got a great shot at two more guys, but they need to close. And that has always been, you know, the, the BKPS PTSDs is hitting hard. Got to close. And if mm-hmm. you can close, then, you know, that starts to, to go away a little right. bit, which is, which is great. Right. 